0: Alright everyone, welcome back to Borg Rambles into Phone. This week's episode brought to you by More Vast Emotional Damage. Uh, So, uh, this was just going to be an episode to predict or more so preview and review the Stanley Cup playoffs. Reviewing the first round, previewing the second round, and just talking about hockey in general But now I also have to do a second part talking about some wrestling-related stuff that happened today that, unfortunately, I will have to talk about because I've fallen into just basically doing previews and reviews of pay-per-views at the moment, and uh, that's just kind of where it is right now for wrestling. Uh, uh, I know I said I'd do a WrestleMania Backlash review. There was no reason to do so, so I didn't bother. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I'm gonna talk about hockey first, and then I'm going to let I'm gonna end the first part and then start the second part, which will be about the wrestling stuff. Because I, I I'm just gonna have them separate, so it'll be easier for someone to find both of them as opposed to just having to sit through part of it or fast forward through it. If you're only here for one of it, one part of this, you only have to hear what you want to hear. Easy, easy enough. So, uh, let's just get into the hockey part. Uh, now, if uh, you happen to listen to my predictions, like slash my bracket with my friend Craig on his podcast that I posted a link to, uh, you'll know that I got seven of eight of my predictions right for the first round and only got one of them wrong, obviously. So I almost don't even have to do any predictions here because, I mean, all of them almost still hold. Uh, so again, this will be more of just a review slash pre- preview of talking about the, uh, the series that we got and so on. Uh, and then everything else going forward. Uh, well, I mean, we can just get Colorado and Nashville out of the way here pretty quickly here. It was, it was the sweep we thought it was going to be, basically, or the very short series, if not a sweep. Uh, Colorado just destroyed them. It was, it was expected. I feel bad for Nashville. I mean, like, I've never been the biggest Nashville fan, but. I feel bad for them because they aren't that bad of a team, and like they were ne- like they were never going to win the series. They were never going to, but they aren't this bad. They definitely not. This is definitely because they didn't have sorrows. uh, and th- there's no question about that. And I mean, Ingram did really well, especially in that second game. Well, I guess it was really just that second game. I shouldn't say he did really well the whole time, but uh the second game he did pretty well. Other than that, I mean, you can't blame him for that. He's not he's not a starting goalie. He's not even an NHL backup right now. He he's an AHL goalie that happened to be there because Saros is hurt. And Riddick is not good enough, as he showed in the first game. So you can't blame him for any of that. Now in the future I'm sure he'll be a pretty decent goalie like I mean I'm not going to it's I'm not going to assume the worst for him. Uh he's in a bad situation. It is what it is. It's unfortunate. And it's unfortunate for the preds cuz again, they were never going to win the series, but I'm sure they would have probably at least gotten a game or two. Probably one. Two might be generous, but I'm sure they could have gotten one win stolen for them from because of UC Saros, uh, but in the end, Colorado was always going to win. So hopefully next year Nashville will not find them with themselves without their starting goalie, and maybe they'll have better fortunes. Uh, but until then, it's this is this is what was going to happen. So Colorado obviously made the second round. They will be facing the St. Louis Blues who defeated the Minnesota Wild in six games. Uh, I am I feel like I, I almost feel like I was on an island here when I picked the Blues and most of the people that I talk to about hockey, most of them seem to pick the Wild. And I mean, like, I understand picking a team that has Marc-Andre Fleury as their goaltender, but other than that, and I mean they have Kaprizov, and Kaprizov's the best player in the series in the between the two teams. But as a whole, St. Louis is definitely a far deeper team, in my opinion. Uh, they they have good enough goaltending for this series, at least. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, like, they traded some wins back and forth in the first uh, four games. Like, the Blues won the first game, and then Minnesota got two, and then et cetera. But then St. Louis took over, and actually they went back to Biddington, which was a surprise. And then in the final game of the series, Minnesota has played Flurry the first five games, and then they go to Talbot in game six. Why would you do that? That makes no sense whatsoever flurry has played the entire series and now you're in a game where you can be eliminated and you're playing the cold goaltender you went and traded for mark-andre flurry to to have him be your starting goaltender you didn't have him to alternate you didn't have him to not play the last game of the series you deserve to lose minnesota i'm sorry actually i'm not even sorry you deserve to lose You do not suddenly go back to Talbot in the game you might have been eliminated in. If you wanted to see if Talbot was a better option, you had to do that way earlier in the series than the the first possible chance that you could have been eliminated. Uh, That's it. You deserved it. You weren't good enough. Anyways. Uh, So St. Louis moves to the second round, and we get a rematch of Colorado versus St. Louis from last season uh, in the first round where Colorado swept them. Uh, Yeah, Uh, Colorado had obviously had a very easy first series, and yeah, I, uh, I don't see them losing to St. Louis either. Uh, again like this is still this is a series i predicted would happen and obviously i'm still picking colorado to win this i think st louis will definitely give them more trouble than nashville did i don't think this will be a sweep i definitely think st louis has a chance to win a couple games here but in the end colorado is going to take it that's not re- not really a surprise. There's very few teams in the playoffs that I could foresee being able to beat Colorado and St. Louis is not one of them. Not four times. Uh, Their goaltending match up fine against Minnesota, but uh, Colorado is above Minnesota by miles. So I mean, they don't call it the Mile High City for no reason, do they? Anyways, uh, yeah. Moving on, let's go to the uh, let's go to the Pacific Division. Uh, Edmonton ver- defeated the Los Angeles Kings in seven games. We did we did not put enough respect on the Kings here. Apparently, I'm, in my predictions. I didn't I didn't think they would get swept. I definitely didn't think they would make it to seven games and they looked like they, they definitely looked like they could, they could, uh, they could win the thing, even though they didn't like, uh, I mean, they won the first game. That was a surprise. Uh, but then Edmonton just like came back and destroyed them the next two games, basically. Uh, especially that one in uh in LA the in game 3 that was that was rough but then Los Angeles shut them out and beats them in game 5 and you, and then Edmonton doesn't have Darnell Nurse because he got took a very dumb penalty that led to a suspension what the fuck was that and uh but they they win back in LA and then they shut him out at home. Uh Smith could have been better in some of those games. He had a really dumb giveaway in the first one that led to the game to uh the goal that uh they lost from but yeah ultimately uh the Oilers got it done and they made the second round which is good. Uh They absolutely should have, and uh, we will be getting the Battle of Alberta for the first time in a long, long time, because the Calgary Flames uh, took them a long time to get here, but they defeated the Dallas Stars in overtime of Game 7. Yes, overtime of Game 7. It took that much to beat the Dallas Stars. And by the Dallas Stars, I mean the Dallas Jake Ottingers. Because that's really all they were facing. Nothing... Like, they didn't lose to... The the games they lost, they were not to the Stars. It was just to Jake Ottinger. That's it. And, like, the the, the effort that he had in the final game... You could give him the if there was a Vezina for the playoffs, you'd give it to him, even though they lost in the first round. I mean, technically, I guess that's the con Smythe, but and you can't give him the Con Smythe because it has to be someone in the finals. But if there was a playoff Vezina, you'd be giving it to Jake Ottinger. That being said, it never should have gone to seven games. Calgary, what were you doing having trouble with the Dallas stars? like even if you are having trouble scoring on Jake Ottinger. How are you letting up this many goals to the Dallas Stars Stars who can't score goals? Now, I'm not saying they actually let up that many goals. They didn't let up too many. It's not like any of those games were blowouts or anything. But the fact that they even let up more than two in any of those games, what the hell? They can't even score. They could barely score one. Like, Dallas is the kind of team that wins games zero to negative one. So what are you doing? Like that should have never taken that long. You know, uh, it almost makes me worry about their ability to go further. Because I have them I'm, on my bracket. I have them going to the finals, not winning, but going to the finals. So if you're having trouble with the Dallas Stars, it makes me wonder: Are you actually going to beat through the Edmonton Oilers, like I originally have in my bracket? Because now I'm I'm actually growing somewhat concerned. And I'm not saying Edmonton doesn't deserve to go to the Western Conference Finals or anything. Because, that I mean, that's not the point I'm trying to make. I'm just like, I felt like Calgary was going to have a fairly easy time of it. it to at least getting to the Western Conference Finals. May, I mean, they'd have to deal with McDavid and Dreisaitl, but that's it. Like, they had, this was this should have been an easy series for them. And it took and overtime in Game 7 to get out of this. So, now, of course, Edmonton had to go to Game 7, too. So, they're not, it's not like the the Oilers are rested or anything. I mean, they have, like, one more day of rest, I guess, because the Oilers, Game 7 was the day before. But, uh, I mean, if they were having that much trouble, that being said, Mike Smith is not Jake Ottinger. Even if he had played well, I still predict Calgary wins the series. But I don't, uh, I don't think it's gonna be. I don't know. I don't know if I thought it was gonna be one-sided, but it's definitely gonna be more of a battle than I thought it would. Uh, Markstrom needs to play up more to his potential, uh, m- more up to how he played in the regular season. I think. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm still predicting Calgary, but it's going to be more of a fight than I thought. Uh, so, moving back to the East Eastern Conference, uh, the Hurricanes defeated the Bruins in seven games. I guess this is, this is one of the series I would have more expected to have taken this long. Maybe it could have been six, but, yeah, I mean... I predicted the Hurricanes to win. Like, I didn't think, uh, that I didn't think the difference between Boston being able to beat them and not was, uh, the Hurricanes having Anderson back. I thought they were still capable of it. As it turns out, they were obviously still capable of it. Uh, they even ended up with, uh, Kuchetkov in one or two games, uh, because, uh, Pasternak decided to run into Ranta. That happened. Uh yeah, uh like I don't really like I I feel like the Bruins definitely could have won this series. Uh obviously, I mean it was a seven game series, so obviously they had the chance, but like you started your backup goalie in the first two games, Bruins. I know Allmark's been okay, but Swayman is your guy. Swayman is 100% your, be- your starting goalie, and you didn't start him till Game 3. What were you doing? He is absolutely your better goalie. That has been proven. What the fuck were you doing starting Olmark in two games to start the series? So as far as I'm concerned, you brought this on yourself, so you, you deserve to lose. Sorry. Don't start your backup. You should know. Swayman is absolutely your starting goalie and has been since he got called back up because because Rask was Rask retired. Swayman's your goalie and you started Oberg twice. That's your fault. You should feel shame. That being said, I'm happy the Hurricanes won because that's who I wanted to win. The Rangers and the Penguins. That was that was one of the that was weird. That was. That was absolutely not what I was expecting out of this series whatsoever. Uh, the Rangers started off really well in the first game, uh, but Penguins tied it. I think Gensel got two or three goals in this game. Gensel killed it in this entire series. He had eight goals in seven games. Uh, probably the MVP of the entire... Well, one of the two MVPs of the, the entire series. And ultimately, probably the MVP... I would say. Uh, and three to three and we're getting close to the end of the third period. The uh, Rangers, uh, one of their guys scores a goal, they get it called back on the coach's challenge. Stupid call first off. That was a goal. That was not going interference. Fuck that call. And then we go to multiple overtimes, and then the first overtime or the second overtime in the second overtime they have uh, uh, Casey the Smith suddenly has to leave the game uh, for some issue, and Louis Domingue comes in because again they're de- they don't have Jari at this point because Jari has been hurt. So Louis Domingue comes in who's been playing most of their most of the season in the AHL. And he's not a starting goalie. He's only the. This is another situation, like like Saros, as. Uh, and he stops everything, and ultimately the Penguins win. Penguins had to win that game. Penguins don't lose the. Don't win that game. This is a completely different series. Like the longer this game goes, the more I'm thinking, the Penguins have to win this game, because you're going. Longer and longer into this game. Further into a second overtime. And did it even go into a third one? Maybe it did. I don't even remember at this point. It's been a long two weeks, sorry. Uh, you have... I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, you, you had... I mean, if the Rangers win this game still in multiple overtimes now, you played a lot in the first game. And you lost your second goalie to an injury, who ultimately didn't play again because uh, he had to have surgery, I believe. When you could have just lost to that goal in the third period and not lost your goalie, so you have the Penguins have to win that game because otherwise, what that just makes it look even dumber for challenging that goal. Just to lose anyway. So thankfully, on their part, they did. Uh, Rangers came back and won the next game, Uh, but the Penguins take both games at home, and it looks like that's gonna be it. Like, because I think the the Rangers, I think even came back in Game Four and lost anyway. Think, uh, but they're up. Penguins are up three to one. They're just straight up. Beating the Rangers, and the Rangers are good, but uh, Shosturkin gets pulled twice. Shosturkin doesn't look like what he's built to be at all during any point of the series, and they they go down two uh, two goals, two to zero, two to nothing. The Rangers do in game five. That looks like it. Uh, come back and they win. Okay. You can understand that. And it's game five. It's in New York. Uh, Go back to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's leading that game. Uh, Well, in game five, I should mention that Crosby got hurt. And he didn't in the middle of the second period and was out for the rest of that game and did not play in game six. Regardless, Pittsburgh goes up multiple goals in game six. And then a two to nothing in that as well. New York ties that. That's three to two. Pittsburgh ties it, but New York ultimately wins five to three. I think they scored near, late in the game, and then probably an unpenalized goal. It's three to three in the series. Okay, Jari is back. Crosby is back. Uh, Pittsburgh or New York scores first goal of Game Seven. Pittsburgh scores twice, makes it two to one. Game gets tied. Make Pittsburgh makes it three two. New York ties it anyway, and and the, the third and wins it in an overtime. New York wins after being down three to one in the series, coming back and winning just like they did it in 2014 against Pittsburgh, being down three to one and then winning. That's the year they went to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, I don't really, I don't even understand this one. I don't know how Pittsburgh didn't pull this off. Like I do not know how they didn't after looking so dominant in the first three, with, or three of the first four, anyway, and with Louis Domingue for all of this, they had Jari back for the last game, but Domingue is playing the rest of them? I don't know what happened. Like, really, how did, what happened to make them not able to win one of those three, especially since they had leads in all three of those games? The only explanation I have is someone as mid as Uh, Britt Baker shows up on AEW on Wednesday night. Like, it may have even been while the Penguins had a 2-0 lead. I think it was an hour after, though. I'm not sure on the timing there. But Britt Baker shows up on Dynamite in New York in a Pittsburgh Penguins jersey, and then suddenly everything went to shit. So, uh, Penguins fans, you can go talk to Britt Baker on that one. Uh, Yeah, so now we got the Rangers facing the Hurricanes, like I had predicted, uh, I have, in in the bracket, I had the Hurricanes winning this, and unless Shesterkin actually plays to what he's billed to be, I'm pretty positive the Hurricanes will still pull this one out. I, I, have, I think the, the Hurricanes will make the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, the Florida Panthers had a lot more trouble than I thought they would with the Washington Capitals. I did not think that at any point in the series, they would be down in terms of how many games they had. Uh, they lost the first game, they t- and then they tied it, but then they lost the second game, too. And ultimately, that was the only games that they lost, but... I really never had them being down in the series on my scorecard. <laughs> if I had a scorecard or whatever. I really didn't have that as a, a possibility. I mean, I guess we, uh, I guess anyone that thought the Capitals were going to go quietly were probably being di- uh, disrespectful to them. I don't think I had them, at, I don't think I had this as a sweep. But I was pretty sure I had this as Florida in five. And I mean, it was only Florida in six, but it seemed a lot more. It's a lot closer than what Florida in six kind of sounds like. Uh, Florida was down in the series more than Washington was down in the series. Washington was only down in the series at the end, and then it was over the second they were down it was over but uh i don't know and i honestly i thought washington might actually pull that uh game 6 out and send it to 7 i thought that was i thought that could actually happen also they were up 3 nothing in game 5 washington was so it wasn't as easy as i thought as i thought it would be as probably a lot of people thought it would be for Florida. But they still made it here. So. And then we get to Toronto and Tampa. The only one that I got wrong. Frickin' Leafs. Got all my predictions right besides this one. I've never gone eight for eight in the first round. Never! At least not that I can remember. Not for as long as I've been doing the little bracket challenge thing that I... Can I think of a time that I got all eight right in the first round? I'm just... I just never... Like, even if you're really good at this. You're really good at predicting who would win. Like... It's still hard to get eight for eight right. Like... If you got all eight of them right, good for you. Like that—that's impressive. Like getting a couple series right, everyone's going to get a few of them right. Everyone was going to get Colorado versus Nashville right. That wasn't a—that wasn't a problem. No one was ever going to think that. Uh, but and I mean, there was—I guess there was—there was—I guess there was more toss-ups here than I thought there were. But there were five game sevens. Some of them didn't feel like they should have been toss ups and ended up being that way. But this one, this one was the hardest one to pick, probably for most people, because both of them are so close in what in ability. And the series is back and forth. One team wins, the other team wins, the other first team wins again, second team etc cetera, et, cetera, et cetera until it didn't uh, but now obviously I picked Toronto as a Toronto fan because I mean I mean when we were doing the predictions like I knew my friend Craig was picking Tampa so and I knew someone had to pick Toronto some because someone has to because Toronto certainly could have won. there was no question that they could have and in fact I I say they should have, because, as far as I'm concerned, for most of the series, not all of the series, but for most of the series, they were the better team. For most of it. They weren't the better... They were absolutely not the better team in Game 4. Uh, definitely not. I mean, at least they got some goals at the end of that game, but that game... That game, you could, you could say, probably, that game is why they lost. Probably. That game... Maybe if that game is better and it's closer, maybe maybe the rest of it's different. Maybe they win that game. But they decided, oh, let's forget about it. But uh, who cares about this game, I guess? they And they just let up three goals really quickly, including a goal where uh, Pat Maroon dangles them? What? And then, like, I didn't even watch the rest of that. I mean, I know they got three goals near the end of that game, but... It doesn't matter when you were down by five. I mean, yeah, they score goals in bunches, but... Eh. Uh, and I would say in Game 7, they didn't play terribly. But I would say, for the most part, they weren't the better team in that game. Not, not to the level they weren't the better team in Game 4. Uh, but, and I would say the Game 7 in this series is... Probably the best elimination or winner take all game they've played probably uh, when you look at all of them I mean, I would think so because uh, I mean the fir- okay so we're, this is five years now uh, you get the first one the the seven four loss against Boston yeah, they played well offensively in the first two periods. there's no doubt about that they still let up seven goals um that's not good enough. And the the second one, it uh the second one with Boston. They looked like shit. That game was terrible. The one against Columbus. Now again, this is game 5. This is technically not the playoffs, but the game that game was also terrible. The game against Montreal last year, terrible. This ga- this absolutely is the best game Final game of the series of any of these five. You and you can't argue with that. I mean, it was a two to one loss, and they were in it. I mean, one one goal at the end there goes to overtime. Then who knows? Uh, but yeah, I mean, let's talk more about the full series. Like the first game, it's five nothing shutout of Tampa, uh, Toronto wins. Uh, I mean, everything is great. Uh, I mean, they scored on the power play. Matthew scores two goals. Marner gets his first playoff goal since 2019. Pretty much everything in that game is perfect, except for Kyle Clifford deciding to be dumb and taking a five-minute penalty, I mean, that's which absolutely was deserved, and then uh, was suspended. And I don't believe we got into any other games. I don't know. Uh Yeah, that game's absolutely perfect, except for the fact that, well, clearly Tampa isn't going to do this again, so yeah, enjoy your 5-0 shutout, but that's never happening again for the rest of the series, Uh, because Tampa basically just spotted them one, essentially. I mean, in this instance, when uh, I I believe John Cooper basically said that after the game, he basically just handed that that to them. And yeah, that's pretty much what you did. Like, you're better than this. Like uh, Second game, too many penalties. Uh, That first, uh, but outside of the fact that there were too many penalties, this was a very winnable game. Uh, I mean, Tampa had a lot go right for them in this, in this game, as far as I'm concerned. Like they're, they didn't score until like the last second of the period where a random bounce finds Victor Hedman, a, a random lucky bounce just happens to find him right in front of the goal with a second left. And of course he scores like he's definitely going to score from there in that situation. Uh, that's their first goal of the series. Almost didn't have it, have a goal until the fifth, uh, till potentially the second period of the second game. Like, got a lucky bounce. Now I, d- I didn't see the second goal they got, but it, apparently it's a Corey Perry breakaway. That's a one in the million thing. That's never ever gonna happen again. No, Corey Perry is never gonna get another breakaway goal. He's too fucking old. That that will never happen again. It didn't. So, uh, and the third goal was on a penalty, uh, power play, which really should have been called but it was uh and if, and yeah and someone one of the leafs defenders i don't remember who it was again it's over a week ago now uh instead of just like trying to get the puck out passes slightly to the right to somebody who just who isn't there anymore and ultimately it doesn't get out and uh they they end up down three to nothing because of well they get three to one they uh the, the Leafs get a goal in in between the second and the third goal, uh, but this was like really close, like really soon after the, the they got the goal. So, whereas they should have been on a mom, like had momentum, potentially end up being able to tie it, uh, they just let up this goal because of this penalty, and then the uh if you saw what happened, you'll know what I'm talking about. So like. Someone passed it to someone who clearly wasn't going to be there anymore, or was clearly going off to do something else. It didn't get out. Ultimately, they got scored on. And they then lit up, like, another goal at the beginning of the third period. Because, like, like, at that point, it's still only 3-1. It's possible they come back. They let up a goal at the beginning of the third period. That's it. Uh, then they let up another one on another power play, 5-1. They got two more, but they're not, not getting four goals in 20 minutes. It's not happening. They did get two, but they weren't getting four. Third game, uh, I didn't get to watch much of this, uh, but had a pretty good first period. Campbell's amazing in this game. Uh, you got two goals in the first, and then they make three nothing. On a goal, I feel like Vasilewski probably shouldn't have let up. It felt like it was just a random shot from David Camp. And I'm like, is is that a good goal? I don't feel like it is. I don't feel like Vasilesk is gonna be happy with that one. Uh ultimately they went five to two with those last two being empty knuckles. They got to be three to two, but they then they got the two empty nutters. And it's, so they they got the one game back in Tampa that they needed to get destroyed in game four. I didn't expect them to win game four. I thought they were going to lose game four. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, certainly Tampa's not going to lose two games in a row at home. I'm like, certainly that's not going to happen. Toronto could have fought better than that though. Like they could have at least tried harder than that. Like, and then who, but, and if you fought harder than that, who knows? I mean, maybe you do win. Maybe you do. It's possible. Again, I didn't expect them to win two in Tampa, but they had to win one. They won one. They won the first one. They could have won both. Uh, Ultimately, we go back to game five, tied up. As I kind of expected, I'm glad they won the first one instead of the second one, because if you lose Game 3, then you have to win Game 4, absolutely have to win it. Uh, it took a little bit of the pressure off, but they should have kept some of it, because at that point, they're probably thinking, well, as long as we don't lose at home anymore. Uh, then we get to Game 5, and you go down 2 nothing really quickly. And yeah, that first period was terrible. That first period in game five was terrible, all the way around. Uh, some of those penalties in there didn't make any sense. They called everything in the series apparently. They they suddenly decided we're going to call everything. It's like you could have told people in the beginning, you could have told people that. Like because until this until this you decided always in the playoffs we're not going to we don't call things in the playoffs. Now suddenly you do don't get it uh but if you call if you're going to call everything you have to call everything cuz there's a lot of times in the series where they call everything and but then they don't but then they stop calling everything but then when they start calling everything it seems to benefit Tampa more often than not now obviously there's calls against the Leafs, they missed too, but Jesus. I mean, like, especially in Game 6. We'll get there. But, uh, I mean, I I wasn't too unhappy with the officiating for the most part. Was, a lot of these are penalties, but like, a lot of these are dumb penalties. Uh, whatever. Uh, game, they're down 2 nothing. uh, they get one in second, and then they get two of the very quickly in the beginning of third, and they're winning. And it gets tied, but they, they score again with six minutes left, and that's it. They're up 3-2 in the series. They only have to win one more game. They get to game six, and they're playing well. They, okay, but, okay, now they're down one nothing. Okay, now they're down... Two nothing. Okay that it is what it is. Those were two bad giveaways that led to goals. To lead to them being down two nothing. But other than that, they're playing really well. Jack's playing great. Uh uh then they get they get one goal and then they get two goals in the final like minute and a half. And it's three to two going into the into the second intermission. They're twenty minutes away. They're 20 minutes away from winning their first round in since 2004, 2006, whatever fucking year. For a long time. 20 minutes away. Now, I mean, that's a long, long time. And then we're about seven or so minutes in. To third period, still 3-2. High-sticking penalty. Within 20 seconds, or so, within 15 seconds of that penalty, another high-sticking penalty. It's two-man advantage for a minute and 45. Well, of course they tie the game. Thankfully, they only tie the game. They don't score on the second power play afterwards. This is the problem. This is my problem. Now that second high stick that they got during that power play or penalty kill, that was absolutely high stick. But uh the one on Calfoot that that started the that first put them down five on four. That was not high sticking. No one sees that for what it is. And calls it high sticking. He got, he, he the stick was up and got him in the shoulder. That is not the face. Your shoulder is not your face. That is not high sticking. That is not a penalty. Whether it should be or not, whether it should be stated in the rules that if it gets them in the shoulder, whether that should be a penalty or not, that's not really relevant. The facts remain That is not how the penalty is supposed to be called right now. You could debate whether it should be. That's fine. But it's not. High-sticking is only when it hits someone in the face. And it got him in the shoulder. And foot sold it, obviously. Respect him for doing that, because, I mean, who wouldn't do it? Obviously, you're I mean, your season's on the line. Of course you're going to sell it. Why would you not? And the rough bought it because he didn't see what happened well enough. They should have never been on a penalty. They should have never been killing that penalty. If you don't have to be killing that penalty, that other high stick doesn't happen. And neither of those penalties happen. Now, that second one was absolutely a high stick. But it it shouldn't have even had to happen that way because it shouldn't have been. They shouldn't have been on the penalty kill. And of story. Now I'm not saying Tampa wouldn't have tied the game anyway. They certainly could have. They certainly might have. They had 13 more minutes in their Tampa Bay. They absolutely could have tied the game. I don't know that they wouldn't have. But, I guess we'll never know. Uh, that being said, if you're calling that why aren't you calling when uh, whoever was on t- uh, Tampa was holding onto Matthew's jersey for like at least five seconds and like holding it? It's just like skating behind him. Someone called it wakeboarding. Two, two minutes for wakeboarding. What the fuck? Why aren't you calling that? I think it, that might have even been an overtime. Why aren't you calling that? If you're calling everything and you're calling this high stick that absolutely was not a high stick you're not going to call this blatant hold anyways they get to overtime and uh Leafs have like nine shots they definitely doing better in this uh than Tampa Tampa ultimately uh wins okay well I'm like well that's the series Toronto had their chance to win this game and they didn't win. They had, All they had to do was score once in overtime. It's over. I'm not saying they couldn't win in Game 7. They absolutely could have. Uh, but I'm. it's like, you were a go away. It's like, you could have just won. And it's not like when they were playing against Montreal. They were in the series except for Game 4. They were in the series the whole time. They were playing well the whole time. They played this Game 6 really well. They were a go away. Uh, and we get to Game 7, oh, oh, everyone is like, oh, Tampa doesn't lose two ga- uh, two games in a row and then they didn't do the series. T- T- Vasilevsky doesn't allow goals in serious clinching games. So, like, okay. That was the last year. And what part of this series tells you that Vasilevsky is suddenly going to be doing what he was doing last year when he's let up three goals in every game of the series? Vasilevsky, now he hasn't been bad, uh, mind you. He has not been bad through any of the series. Uh, I'm not trying to say he's played poorly. He's been perfectly fine. But he hasn't been Andre Vasilevsky in the series at any point. He's played really good in stretches, but at no point in any of the series was he the Andre Vasilevsky that we know is the best going in the world and he's still the best going in the world regardless of the fact that he didn't play up to his standard in the series but he hasn't played up to what he's billed as as to what we know he is in this entire series oh he shut out five in a row okay well it's easy to shut out montreal it was easy to shut out vegas why am i even talking about vegas he didn't even play vegas It would have been easy to shut out Vegas, though, had he played Vegas. Let's just be perfectly honest. Vegas forgot how to score. Uh, It's easy to shut out Montreal. It's easy to shut out the Islanders. And then going back to the year before in the Stanley Cup final, it's easy to shut out the Stars. It's only impressive that it shut out Florida and Carolina. So three of those, I mean, yeah. He did, but those are easy to shut out teams. I'm sorry. He wasn't going to do it to Toronto, and he didn't. Uh, now, again, they're playing really, they're playing well. They're not, they're not, but they're not having their best game in game seven as they have in the other ones. I'm not going to say they played terribly, but as far as the standard that they needed to play, I felt like they only played a very high-quality 20 minutes out of the 60 minutes that was Game 7. Most of their shots would go into somebody or uh, were from bad angles, the Leafs, obviously. And it felt like most of their good ones were going wide. That's what it felt like for the most part. And I, I felt like in the beginning in the very beginning of the game when they were in the uh, Tampa zone and I believe it was Corey Perry fell down and like they, they see around him and it looked like, Oh, we're going to get a decent chance out of this. But then ultimately they still only got a meaningless shot from the point. I'm like, eh, I think they're going to lose. I'm like, that's not good enough. You've got a meaningless shot up from the point from that. Not good enough. Uh, but I mean, they're still playing really well. Still 0 0. Uh, got a couple power plays, more than I thought it would happen in game seven. Not enough, though. Uh, Tampa scores on one time when someone fell down, they ended up with a three on one, and Nick Paul just kind of pushes it in after a rebound. I'm like, yeah, that was a little not great. That wasn't the best goal. Uh, like, didn't get the rebound. Shouldn't have even been a rebound, and it was a really weak tap-in. Come on. Uh, one of y'all could have done something about that. Uh, we get to the second period. Tavera scores. Go gets called, up, called, called back because of a penalty that Justin Hall got for... Justin Hall's the one who fell down. How did Justin Hall get a penalty? I don't understand that didn't make any sense, uh, doesn't matter, Toronto scores anyway, uh, they tie the game, so, I mean, yeah, that shouldn't have been a penalty, really, but they still tied the game, they still managed, they still managed to make it one-to-one, uh, so they didn't, like, it didn't screw them, they didn't get screwed over because of that, whatever, uh, so it is what it is, uh, and Nick Paul scores again shortly after, and that's it. Uh, still, most of the shots are going into people or from bad angles for the rest of the game. They got some good chances. I'm not trying to say Vasilevsky wasn't tested, but most of the t- shots he had to face weren't that weren't really hard ones. Uh, and there, I mean there are some chances and it just it just didn't happen. Uh Vasilevsky didn't shut anyone out. I mean Toronto's the only one to score a goal on him in the game that he clinched the playoff series. He never entered God mode, Not at all. Uh in fact Toronto scored on him twice, even if one of them didn't count, he still they still got two pucks past him. Even if one doesn't count. They didn't count for a different reason other than it counted. It didn't count for a completely different reason than anything that had to actually affect him. So he still let that go up, even if it doesn't count. And I mean, it doesn't count on anything for the for the the score sheet or anything that actually matters. But he still let up two goals, regardless of how you look at it. So I mean, uh, nothing of the oh Vasilevsky doesn't let up goals in the final game of a series. That wasn't the thing. They scored on them. And they just uh, they just didn't do enough. Like, their better shots needed to hit the net. And Tampa wins. And Tampa will face the Lightning. I'm still. Tampa will face the Lightning. Okay. Uh yeah, it's it's not midnight. Uh, Tampa will face the Panthers. Uh, I'm not. I'm still picking the Panthers, but it's probably a closer series than I thought. Uh, but I'm I'm not, I'm not wavering from. Well, I guess I I didn't actually have this series, so actually I could pick someone else. But I'm not going to. I'm sticking with the people who I thought were going to win the series, even if it's a different series. So now we talk about Toronto for a minute, because the because everything else is sense the point, uh, outside of, it's no longer relevant. Because I got all my previewing stuff done. Toronto, uh, five years in a row. I don't care. This team is not the same as the past four teams. You 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 look at this team and you look at this playoffs as the first one. And you ignore the other four. You run this back. You do it again. Obviously you make improvements where you can. But for the most part, you make no changes. Because this team is very, very good. And this team will get there. Now you look at last year. If you were going to blow this team up. You blow it up after last year. After that shitty series with the fucking Canadians where you should have won that series but you absolutely the longer it went you did not deserve to and if you're going to blow it up you blow it up after that one this team that you had this year is too good to blow up you look at the the season you had and, hell, the, the seven, y- you lost in seven. You were playing the Tampa Bay Lightning, who won the past two Stanley Cups. It's the, Now, if you did this, if you had this season, you had this year, and then played the Montreal Canadiens, and lost to them, if they somehow made the playoffs, then you blow it up. Because that's what the fuck. But they were playing the Tampa Bay Lightning, one of the best teams in the league, where if you play that game seven again tomorrow... Toronto wins, probably. Because they're going to, they, they just trade off. You play that series ten times, they both win five. This team is better than any of the past four teams. Yeah, there's a lot of the same people on it. But this, see, this season, this series, was better than any of those five. Any of the five, of the, of the other four. This series is better than any of them. Yes, you should have beaten Montreal. No, you didn't deserve it. Yes, you should have beaten Columbus. No, you didn't deserve it. Yeah, you should have beaten Boston one of those two times, probably. But with the Game 7 you had in the the, the second Game 7 you had, you didn't deserve it. Uh, The first one, you're probably not the better team. Eh. So, I mean, like, there's some forgiveness there for that first one. But, the past three series that they lost, they did not deserve to win with the way that they played. They played better in this series than they have in any of those five. And the, this team is not the same as those other four. And you do not blow this team up. You make improve. Yeah, you're gonna have to make some changes. Obviously, no, you're not gonna run. You can't. You have to make a few changes because so, some are gonna be necessary. You're gonna have to, just for salary cap reasons. But you do not blow this team up. Because this is the first, you ignore those other four, and you consider this the first year of the actual Maple Leafs. The actually, this team, this core, is like finally matured into what it's actually going to be. What it should be. This is the team. And you make some improvements, you're going to have to make some. Because you always add to a team when you can. But, like, blowing up the team, okay, how do you. Even if you were going to blow up the team, I don't know how you do that. You don't train Matthews. You're not going to do that. Huge contract, anyway. Not to trade Marner, same reason. Even if you wanted to trade Tavares, no one's going to take him. So that leaves you with Willie, because he. with Nylander, because he has the smallest contract of the four. But that be a mistake. Obviously, Riley has a, a, a long contract extension now. You're gonna have to train Mirazik, you're gonna have to get rid of that. Sorry, that contract's terrible. And he's, but oh, blow the team up, but you can't really, even if you wanted to, there's no real way to do that. So, like. I mean, like you talk about blowing the team up, but you also kind of can't because there's really no way to do it. So, but anyways, you don't do it because this is the team. This, this, this series shows you that they'll get there. They're not going to continuously lose in game sevens or in the first round forever. They will get there. And you build off of this team. And you ignore the rest of it. And you don't even feel shame that you lost this season. Because you tried more you ac- than you ever have before. You actually tried. And you deserved to win. Even if you lost you, this one, you actually deserved to win. And that's the end of that. All right. Moving on from hockey to wrestling, the obvious transition from hockey to wrestling, as opposed to archery. Some of you may get the reference, some of you may not. Anyways, uh, haven't talked about anything outside of like reviews and previews for a while, but alas... Here we are. Here we fucking are. It feels like 2019 all over again, kind of. Uh, so, I'm not really watching raw. Playing, we're playing Among Us instead, which is more important. And uh, I'm supposedly there is going to be a six-woman six-pack challenge for, to determine who's facing Bianca at Hell in a Cell. And it comes to my attention two hours into the show. Well, I read that some that talent had walked out of the show. I had no idea who that meant. Because this, uh, the tweet said talent walked out of them. It didn't on of the show, didn't say who it was in, in the headline, and if you clicked on this tweet to this story, you couldn't read it, because you had to be a member of this website. Nobody is a member of this website, so nobody could read the story. So, but in the replies, you can see that it was both Sasha and Naomi. Now... At first, you think, well, maybe they had something else that they had to take care of. Then again, I don't know why it would be both of them if they walked out. Because, you know, people have wives, too. They could have had a family emergency or something. And to assume that somebody did something first, that... One of them, somebody blew up at somebody and walked out or whatever. You don't do that because people have lives, and it could have been something else. And you could have just been assuming that, and you could be just creating conspiracy theories for the fun of it, which is what a lot of wrestling fans like to do. Now, uh, now they're saying that. I'm just going to go through the process of how we learned this news, basically, or like the timeline of the chronological order of how we learned more about this. So at first, I'm like, I'm reading things like, I can't believe Naomi or Sasha cost us Naomi versus Bianca or something. I'm like, Sasha didn't cost you anything. No talent costs you anything. Uh, and both of them walked out. So that doesn't make any sense. If if Naomi was going to win this match, and she's no longer winning this match, they both walked out. That doesn't make any sense. So. Uh, then we hear... I guess Corey Graves mentioned it on the air, which is weird, because they don't mention this kind of shit on the air when it's real. So immediately you think it's fake, and it's a storyline, because why the hell else would they have mentioned it on the air? doesn't make any sense. But it doesn't really make any sense for a storyline either. So I mean like I don't know like if they ha- if it had been a work I don't know what they were going for it with what they could have been going for So WWE puts out a statement I'll just read the statement for you I'm sure you already know what it is like you already read it so it's kind of pointless that I'm going to read it but I'm going to read it anyway This is Their statement. When Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw. During the broadcast, they walked into WWE head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis' office, with their suitcases in hand, placed their tag team championship belts on his desk, and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions, and even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they'd had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are, are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We, regret, we were unable to deliver as advertised tonight's main event. Okay. First two paragraphs. I, I don't have a problem with this. I... I that's believable. I don't think that like I can see those parts of that being true. This paragraph about them being uncomfortable working with two of the, two of these people in this match which that's that's bullshit. At least not well what's what the explanation fully is later that we're gonna get to I can kind of see how that they would being I, I guess I could kind of see that given that explanation but when someone says they're uncomfortable working with someone it does not sound. They, they are not making it sound like what it actually is. And I'll get back to that part later. But like when, when you first hear they are uncomfortable with working with two of the people in this match, what does that sound like to you? Well, one would be led to believe that that would mean that they feel unsafe working with them. Like, they could potentially be... Uh, be injured or something like they think these two people are unsafe workers that's the first thought and I have to call bullshit on that immediately because the other four women in this match we got Becky we got Asuka we got uh Dewdrop, and we got Nikki okay so immediately you rule out Becky and Asuka there's no way they feel uncomfortable working with those two no way and uh they sasha and sasha has definitely had many matches with nikki in the past i'm not sure how many naomi has uh but i'm sure she's had several and and i mean this is just on television, so I'm sure they've had plenty of matches on house shows. So, I'm just... I'm well, Like, I guess I, I'm ignoring the fact that they probably have had matches on house shows. They've never had problems before. Uh, so, like, Dewdrop is definitely the one they would have had matches with the least, but Dewdrop does not strike me as a an unsafe worker. Uh... Regardless of how much one likes Doudrop as a wrestler at all, I, she doesn't seem unsafe at all. Uh, and I mean, Sasha and Naomi have both, uh, especially Sasha. I mean, like I guess I don't, I can't think of a Naomi one, but Sasha's definitely had matches with Nia Jax before, and uh, Doudrop is definitely not as unsafe as Nia Jax, so. All I can think about is this, thinking that they are the two of them are not safe workers, and they wouldn't want to wrestle them. I I don't see how that's realistic. That doesn't make any sense to me. That doesn't that that does not add up. That is bullshit. Uh, it 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 what some others have suggested that maybe. One of them said something racist or something to them, but uh, until we know more about the like, I don't know enough about Nikki or Dewdrop as a person, but they don't. St- and but right now they uh, they haven't done anything to strike me as those kind of people, and I'm not gonna just cast a net of or cast judgment on them as being terrible people until I know that for sure. So I don't think that's it. And we have a much more plausible explanation as to what actually happened still to come. So I don't think that, uh, I don't feel like that's it. Uh, but that's their statement. And yeah, uh, it's definitely skewed to, to suit, uh, Their purposes, WWE's purposes, to fit their narrative of what they want you to think and what their smear campaign's gonna be, but it's definitely no. It's They definitely don't think that uh, any of those four women are unsafe workers. Because that flat out doesn't make any sense. Now, uh... Basically, uh, I'm going to get to this thread here. Now, I'm going to read up. Now, obviously a bunch of shit immediately happens on Twitter. Like, I haven't even looked at it all. I haven't even looked at much, to be honest. I just know it's there because that's how it works. And, I mean, we know what happened in 2019. Uh, when they made up a bunch of bullshit about Sasha in 2019. Now, about how she, quote-unquote, walked out when she actually just took a mental health break. You know? Uh, So, this is a thread on Twitter from someone who is a friend of Naomi's who has talked to them, asked questions, and was permitted to say this on Twitter. So this is as close to what actually happened for the most part and not being just hidden behind WWE's corporate bullshit that they want you to believe so you'll side with them, but nobody normal sides with the company. You side with the talent always. Anyone who sides with the company is just a fucking bootlicker. Uh, So... Quote, you are approached in February as being put in a tag team after both being promised big feuds at WrestleMania. You bite the bullet and put everything you got into being a tag team. It works. You get over, win the titles at WrestleMania, and become merch pushers. Five weeks into your reign, you show up to live television and ready to work. You are told you will be in the main event, and you are happy. You both are then told that one of you... Uh, will be going over from pinning the other. Uh, you have questions why that decision was made and how it helps you, helps you. You request a meeting with your boss to discuss it. Your boss takes the meeting and everything is actually going well. He understands your concerns. The meeting ends well and the match is told to be reconstructed. For some reason, producers get mad about it. You then ask what... Uh, with one of your members going over what happens to your titles. You are that you are told basically that you'll just be carrying the belts. They want they want to use you both to help both women's champions get more over. Bianca versus Ni- Naomi, Sasha versus Rhonda. Neither of you will win the solo titles and you won't defend your tag titles until money in the bank. You ask for another meeting w- with your boss, but this time you are being called spoiled. A producer walks away screaming. He comes back and tells you both of you to fix your attitudes. Y'all have a brief meeting amongst yourselves and decide to stand up for yourselves. You go to another boss and make it clear you just have concerns. You ask why, why are we even in the match and why aren't we other women in it? You ask why your titles have no stories for two months. Again, you are met, met with fix your attitudes. So after one final meeting with yourselves and a- asking others, you make the ultimate decision as a team. It's sad, sad how one side is trying to create a fucked up narrative. Now that, that sounds much more realistic as to what could actually happened. That is the most plausible thing to what is actually going on, uh, and that you mu- that's the most plausible thing you'll read on Twitter about what actually happened. Again, this is from a friend of Naomi's too, so it's it's also reasonably to pr- to believe this is actually true. Because of that, uh, because obviously there's a bunch of other shit I'm sure that's just completely fake on Twitter, and I'm not trying to scroll through all that shit because that's, that's a whole nother thing. Now, now, uh, let's just get to an updated story, uh, from actual wrestling news sites, uh, those that we spoke to that worked on the match indicated that the match was to be constructed to not have Naomi interact with Sasha or Dewdrop coming in contact with Nikki Ash in the main event or in the match itself. I don't really get that last part with Dewdrop or Nikki. That didn't really make any sense. Uh the working plan with the match was for Naomi to pin Nikki, not Naomi pinning Sasha as speculated. Those close to the situation said that Naomi and Sasha didn't claim that they didn't want to work with Becky or Asuka, though that was implied in WWE's statement. It really wasn't to, to say which one specifically. And those were the two women referenced. Instead, we're told that Sasha and Naomi were angling to work with Nikki and DoDrop at the pay-per-view. The talent themselves hadn't, hadn't heard that Sasha and Naomi considered anyone unsafe, obviously, they didn't because, again, that was bullshit, uh, until the statement was released. WWE Talent also got the statement in their internal talent relations app. In regards to the pitch, the Nikki versus Doudrop, or Nikki and Dewdrop versus Sasha and Naomi pay-per-view match was turned down, and there was a pitch to have them instead interfere in the Naomi versus Bianca match on pay-per-view, which was also turned down. We're told that Sasha and Naomi's issues were largely... Uh, were concerns about the direction of their tag team and the division as a whole. Which, that's also plausible. So, those last two things I read, those make sense. The original thing that WWE sent out didn't make any sense at all. That was completely shit. So, basically, Sasha and Naomi have a tag team, they win the titles at WrestleMania. You do nothing with them afterwards. And essentially, what they wanted is to just you respect, for you to care about their actual tag team titles. And that's the point. That's what they want. Nothing more, nothing less. And you were trying to use them to build up the singles champions who. Why do you need to use them to. Why do you need to use Sasha and Naomi for that? Can't find anyone else? Maybe you should have built other people. It's not that difficult. Not that it would have even made sense to do uh, Bianca versus Naomi because Becky and Asuka were doing stuff with Bianca just a week ago. What the fuck? So. Like. I don't know how this is going to end. Sasha and Naomi are 100% in the right. Uh, I mean, what what more? Like, they want their titles and their division, which doesn't exist, but that's not their fault, uh, to be built. And you can't argue against that. And they were trying to use them in a way that would be that would only put their titles in, in an even worse position. They have nothing, and now you're just going to use them to lose to the singles champions. What's the point of that? Uh, you can't fault them for being mad at that, mad about that. Uh, not to mention the fact that people call them spoiled slash uppity, which is you know racist. But okay. Uh, I I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, I mean other people who are actually spoiled in the company go off script in their promos and they nothing happens to them. Cough Charlotte cough. Uh, but uh Sasha and Naomi stand up for themselves and you call them spoiled and they stand up for. Themselves and what they believe in they leave, and they're gonna get called many many racist and sexist things on the internet for it. You know they will it only it only happens all the time to them and other people I'd not even i'm not not even daring to look look at any of their mentions right now because I know it's a hundred percent that that's happening. it's not like they don't. They don't live that that constantly, because you know that's uh that's what the situation brings about when you decide to actively put out statements and then bury them on live TV. Corey Graves, go fuck yourself, get fired, never show up on my television ever again, uh, and put out statements when it's your fault. You're the ones who called them this. You're the ones who. Uh, torn up, like make their division irrelevant and all they're doing, trying to do is make it not suck and you're actively trying to make things worse. So, go fuck yourselves, WWE. I expect you to fix this situation and I expect you to fix it immediately. Because you're going to try to run a smear campaign and... Everyone with a brain is on their side, is on Sasha's and Naomi's side. Anyone who actually, actually matters isn't siding with you on this. Because, once again, you're wrong. You're just a corporation. We're not going to side with you. You're wrong. Just go fuck yourself. Yeah, I'm not wasting any more time on this. It's. I mean, it probably deserves more time, but, like, What is what more is there to say? WWE does not deserve Sasha and Naomi. They never have. Someone two people as talented as they are and the amount of garbage you've put them through You're lucky they're still there. Or that they've been there this long. You're lucky. Sasha should have never come back from her mental health break. I I mean, outside of the Sasha and Bailey story, yeah, you finally got her a title win and then didn't make her drop the belt immediately. But, I mean, that title reign wasn't even really that amazing outside of that. So, really really should she have probably not people as talented as they are deserve to work for people who see how talented they are and value that and it's certainly not WWE fix your shit end of story